searching for gold dust in the valley of bloodlust under the sun misunderstood thank you for tuning into the on the gold podcast i'm your host kevin hoagland with my co-host and producer mr kevin bell good morning kevin how are you wonderful how's it going kev it is fantastic and today's even a little bit more than a normal fantastic day because guess what I've been doing over the last, I don't know, 12, 14 hours? What you've been doing, Kev? Working on the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash on the gold. You know, quite frankly, I don't know why it's taken so long to put together this Facebook site, but it's there. And we, we absolutely please go in, like, comment, share. Let's just have some fun with that Facebook site because we get so many emails Right. prospecting edu site it just makes more sense to have folks just going there and we get a lot of our ideas uh, from those correspondences right and and will and we will from your comments as well yeah absolutely so all right today's topic is real simple we talked about a couple of months ago i, I think it was what the when did we do the podcast the podcast was done the first part of December 2019. Okay, and it's and the podcast was about what can you do in that 300 feet in the state of California. A lot of people believe right. that you could not go prospecting, that mining was dead, you couldn't do anything, and that's simply not true. So in the January-February GPAA magazine, we had done this podcast. The podcast was translated and turned into a magazine article. So if you are brand new to the GPAA, and you do not have a copy of that magazine, just simply log on to your account at goldprospectors.org, go into the Learning Center, pick the publications, and go back to the January-February 2020 GPAA magazine. And and I think it was page 40, 41. 41, yeah, I think. And you can read the article about what you can do in that first 300 feet in the state of California prospecting is still alive and well Mm -hmm. you know just because you can't dredge all right you know what maybe you have to go back a little old school you started out with a gold pan chances are like 99 percent of us out there you went from a gold pan to a sluice box and then you started moving into bigger equipment right you can still be out there prospecting right now right now today with a sluice box and buckets and things like that, you know, basically just call it hands and pants. So now let's talk about outside that 300 foot. And what can I do in California, Kevin? Well, that's the nice thing, Kev. There are no equipment restrictions outside that 300 foot boundary. Now, we do need to remember that there are limitations and regulations that we need to follow. Primarily the rules regarding significant disturbance and reclamation requirements. Right. But there's no restriction on the equipment. Okay. When, and when you say no restriction on equipment, we need to clarify exactly what that means. That means your standard prospecting equipment up to X amount of horsepower and all this other stuff. Don't think that what Kevin just said is that, okay, I can show up with a backhoe because that's not, that falls under the rules and regulations of significant surface disturbance. Right. And to learn more about those and which I think everybody should read the CFRs and and you can you can do a Google search and get into just the sections. But you've got the Code of Federal Regulations CFR 43, which is for the 
BLM lands, and then 36, mm-hmm. which is for Forest Service lands. And then you've got California codes. I'm sorry, I'm going to throw this at you really quick, and I hope you've got it written down somewhere. But within that 300 feet, what is the code? What is that What is that regulation? What's that code? Yeah, the, the water code is 13172.5, and the fish and game code, which is talking about the enforcement, is 5653. Okay, so CFR... 43, 36, and then whatever, you know, all the numbers that Kevin just rattled off, go back, listen to what he said, write those down, and just do a Google search on that. And mm-hmm. that's really all you need. So I, I want to go prospecting outside of 300 feet. Right. Let's go. Yeah. And, you know, the nice thing we can do, we can use things like high banking, dry washing. You can use things like vacuums, uh, metal detecting. There's a wide array of, you know, really good equipment that we can use. But in the case of high banking, there is obviously the need to get water. And so, you know, you're, you're a desert guy. So you're used to recirculating. Oh, yeah. So that's, that's the limitation is the water. Right. And the limitation on the water is that you cannot use anything that is mechanical, mechanized, or compounded to get the water to where you're working. Right. That's, that's, it's just that simple. So mechanized, motorized, compound, can't use it, which means I'm going to be hauling a few buckets of water up. And for me as a desert recirculating guy, it's not that big of a deal. I mean, give me 25, 30 gallons of water. One of those big uh, rubber made, like, I guess they, they actually call them like a water trough. It's one of the lightweight, but they hold about right. gallons of water. Uh, give me one of those, a, a recirculating sluice box that I can run with a 12-volt battery. I'm in. 30 gallons of water, which is, what, five trip with some five-gallon buckets. Give me some five-gallon buckets, uh, what is it, evaporative cooler media, that you know that stuff that you put in an EVAP and a, and a swamp cooler. Mm-hmm. Give me some of that, a couple of 12-volt batteries, and, man, I will run all weekend. Right. As long as right. you're doing, and uh, you know, it's and this is where it becomes the difference between running precision. And I love, you know, I'm going to give you the credit on this one and, and give you all the kudos precision mining versus just running material, right? Which it makes it right. all about prospecting, mm hmm. Yes, and, and it always goes back to that, you know, to be able to prospect to find the right material not just all the material. Yeah, and I don't like I when you're recirculating in the desert, I don't want to run material. I want to run gold bearing material. And so, I think you've called it before, run the trend. Yeah, run the trend. You and that's and that's all about prospecting. You prospect prospect prospect. I'm going to I find an area that I want to work. And, you know, I see this so often, especially in dry washing areas. I'm sorry, I'm going to bounce back and forth, especially in dry washing areas and here in Arizona where people will get out and they'll just start digging. They'll just start digging dirt, running it through the dry washer. And I've talked to a few few of these people and they, they've done okay. They've gotten gold, but, you know, they would always want to get more. I've worked with some of these folks and just said, you know what, quit running all of this material. Do your right. prospecting, prospect, prospect, prospect. So I, you know, I would rather run 
less material and have more recovery than mm-hmm. just trying to run a football field's worth of material. And I don't care if you're dry washing, if you're, it doesn't matter. That's prospecting to mining, no matter what. That's prospecting to mining. And it doesn't matter if you're working a spot with a gold pan or you're working a spot with a 500-yard-an-hour wash plant. You're going to find that best layer of material, and you're going to do that through your prospecting. So that's right. the idea of showing up in California outside that 300-foot, hauling a few five-gallon buckets up to with water in it doesn't bother me at all because I'm going right. to take the time to prospect and get on that trend, follow that gold, not not just run material for the sake, sake of running material. Right. And you also have to realize that with that water that you're hauling, that system degrades over time. So it now becomes more important that you run, like I said before, the right material, not just all the material. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because you're, you know, you're working with a degrading system. Yeah, and, and that's the whole thing. That's why when, when I build my recirculating systems, I've got these two beautiful 15-gallon blue totes. And I will tell you that with those two 15-gallon totes full and my big uh, Rubbermaid, I don't know if it's actually classified as a feed tub or a water tub, but it's a, it's, it's a, it's a 30-gallon system. It's a big 30-gallon tub. Mm-hmm. A couple of five-gallon buckets with where I've built into like a filtration system. And, and I say built into, it's basically I've taken chunks of um, – of, uh, uh, of this evaporative cooler media and put it into spots to where the, the fine silts will filter all the way down and those will settle. The larger stuff gets caught to the top. I can just muck that out as I'm going. And I seriously, man, I can run an entire weekend on 30 gallons of, of water and run a lot of material. Yes. Yes. And that's really what people need to, to really, look to do when they're out there that is that is true and it doesn't matter you know we're talking about california and we're talking about that 300 feet but it it really this is something that becomes all the way across the board i don't care if i'm prospecting in alaska or california or arizona or colorado or back east in georgia or places like that it doesn't really matter it's the same process. I mean, we're going to have that process mm-hmm. and we're going to run that good material. And this may sound like we're getting off the topic of what you can do in that outside of that 300 feet. But really, it's very, very important because there are regulations about how you're going to get your water up to up to your working area. And you are going to have to carry that water. You can't you can't load up a bunch of five-gallon buckets and throw them in the back of the truck. It, it, it just doesn't fall within that. Right. So now I'm going to take the least amount of water that I need to make it work without having mm-hmm. to dig, you know, big retention ponds and all this other stuff and everything else. But I'm going to get up there and I'm going to get on the gold because I'm going to do my prospecting. I'm going to prospect. I'm going to find the trend. I'm going to work the gold-bearing material, again, over just working material and that's how you succeed in going from prospecting to mining no matter what Mm -hmm. and that's how you succeed outside that 300 foot barrier it's pretty simple 
So mm-hmm. just just because I can't do this or do that as far as like in the mechanical, mechanized, or compound, just because I can't do that, it's not going to slow me down for prospecting in California. Because as you said at the very beginning, it's basically wide open as long as the equipment meets in within the regulations and, and the codes and so on like that, which, by the way, is anywhere that you're going to go prospecting. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter, California or whatever. The only thing about California is now i got to move 300 feet. Okay, so i got to move 300 feet. I'm going to go dry washing. Right. And even if I'm dry washing, I'm still going to pick the very best material to run. I don't want to run. I, You know what? I'm going to sound like a broken record. You prospect, prospect, prospect. You run the right material over just running material. That's that's mm-hmm. all there is to it. And and I've said that probably five or six times since we started this podcast. And that's the most important thing to remember. Right. I really don't feel like I'm being regulated in California at this particular point in time. And then if you're working in a spot that you can easily get to, well, can I bring my water with me? Uh, yeah, there's there's no problem with bringing the water with you because you're outside that 300 foot. There's no restriction. So if I've got a road that comes right up to, you know, really close to where I'm going to be working and I'm out of that 300 feet. And like I said earlier, I've got those two 15 gallon totes on the top of my, uh, on the top of my side by side, I can just show up and start running that water. Just start running that material. Yes, absolutely. So if I'm drawing it out of the river or out of the Creek or out of the stream, whatever, there's my restriction. Mm Mm-hmm. That's when you have to hand carry. Yeah, I have to hand carry. It really is that simple. So it's not like you're being relegated or regulated to where you really can't do any prospecting. No, not in the least. Yeah, it's open. It's open. So get out and go prospecting. I mean, that's that's really about it. But make sure that you're prospecting. You know, would mm-hmm. I love to take my big two-inch high banker dredge up there? and be able to run that area well i'm not going to be getting fresh water so if i'm going to do that i'm going to be recirculating Mm -hmm. okay at that point i've got to dig a pond because i need to get you know i'm going to have to have a lot more water to be able to run that right and i'm going to be running a lot of that material why not just set up a good recirculating system smaller recirculating system and work the Mm -hmm. right material over working material give me a small high banker a small recirculating high banker and when i say small i'm not talking about something tiny that i one of my one of my recirculating systems is a a full-size loose box that has the high banker head on it little you know the a smaller modified high banker head that i mm-hmm. run on a 2000 gallon an hour pump sure and as long as I followed my fluid dynamics and everything else like that. And uh, again, I can still use that unit and work all weekend with 30 gallons of, uh, with 30 gallons of water. Sure. So why waste a lot of time trying to take a big high banker dredge into the area when I can just go in and work good material with something smaller? Right. When you're working those trends and you've actually taken your time to prospect, even within those trends, find where the best gold is, the best dollars per yard or dollars per uh, dollars in material and work that first. Then if you have time and you still have good water and, and, and you can still run, 
then you can go back and start working some of that lesser material. That and see that always becomes a debate for me, a personal debate with me. I've I'm out in the middle of the desert. I've got 30 gallons of water with me. I've been working all day or the last couple of days. And I've gotten some really good gold because I did my prospecting. I'm following my trend. Now, I know there's gold in the rest of this material, but it's nowhere near as good as what I've got and what I've been working. Right. Now, do I take the time to start working the rest of that material or do I go prospecting and find another spot? Mm -hmm. For me, I'll go work another spot. I'll go find another spot and prospect, prospect, prospect. Sure. And work and, and find another trend, find another part. And, and what's really great about doing that, if you're, if you're in point A and you've run through that material and maybe it played out because you, you hit a bedrock area or something like that or you, you, you've hit a shear, you already know which way that gold is running. So now you can just go up or down from that and do some more prospecting and get into another pocket or get into another better area. That makes sure. more sense to me than to just sit there and re- and work the 20 pieces. Yeah, the marginal material. Yeah, the marginal material. I'm going to go find another spot. That's the way I do it, and that's me. I And uh, I know a lot of people that will just start working that marginal, but I'm going to go prospect. I Look, I'm out there to recover gold. I'm out there to, at the end of the, you know, at the end of the day, I want to see gold in the vial and know that, okay, I've got X amount of dollars here. I can look at it at the dollars. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there, there's kind of managing the effort too, you know, that equality of effort where we say, you know, we're managing the work that we do to get the gold. And because we have to do that reclamation, we also have to deal with the impact. So if you just work that trend, get the best gold, because you have to fill the hole and do all the recontouring and get it back you know, to where it, where it looks good because you've worked less material to begin with that managing that impact is much faster. And then you can just clean that up, move to a new place to prospect, find the trend again, maybe, and then start working in good gold again. And what you just said is so very, very important. And it, whenever I go into an area, I pretty much know when I, when I've done my prospecting and I've, and, and I know you're the same way because when you and, and Sean go out and you've got your mining Thursday, you're not there for a long period of time, but you're still bringing home a, a good amount of gold. You've never done mm-hmm. less than a gram. And given the time that you really work, you're getting all you're you're getting all you're going to get in the in the the short the abbreviated time that you have, right? You know, and right. it's not like your reclamation takes you hours upon hours upon hours to do because no. it doesn't. I mean, you got you you are reclaiming as you move forward. I reclaim as I move forward. So when and and I I always take that in consideration. If I look at a spot and I've done my prospecting. And I know exactly how I'm going to follow that trend. I'm going to, in my head, calculate as I move forward, I'm going to bring this material back in as I'm going through here. And I'm going to reclaim this. So when I muck my my tub, each time I muck my tub, I'm adding that material back into my reclamated area. 
And then mm-hmm. all I have to do after that is just do some contour work and I'm done. Right. And it's over and it's done. And it doesn't take me, I don't know, on an eight hour mining day, I'm going to spend five hours or, you know, four or five hours just digging the material and getting it ready, getting it classified, getting it ready. Mm-hmm. And that four or five hours equates to about, I don't know, an hour, hour and a half of running. Mm-hmm. And as I'm doing that, as I'm running and I'm, and I'm mucking out and I'm bringing out material back in and I'm dropping it back into the hole. So an eight hour day, I'm prepping my material, I'm running my material and I'm rec- reclaiming my material. But the majority of that time was done in the prepping of the material. The reclamation mm-hmm. is really simple. Right. Very simple. And it has to be done because there are regulations that absolutely say if you're on federal land, you have to reclamate. And if you're on your own yes. claim and you want to do something, and let's say just say you want to go something bigger than what you normally what would just be within the standard the standard guidelines, now you have to have an NOI, a notice of intent and a plan of operation. And right. chances are you're gonna to have to put up a bond. Mm-hmm. And that bond that bond is a reclamation bond. It's not it's not Bobby's bond because we want you to, you know, we just want you to give us money. That bond is, is, is a reclamation bond. Mm-hmm. And that bond is based upon if you walk away and you don't do any of this, what's it going to cost? What's it going to cost the BLM to get a contractor out there to do that reclamation? Just do it as you go. Mm-hmm. So you you know if you got you got a lot of bonding issues. I don't care if you're not on your claim. If you you've always got to reclamate, you've got some rules yep. and regulations within the 300. You've got some always been there rules and regulations outside of the 300. Mm-hmm. Why aren't you out prospecting? Right, and when you go out and do those things, you know the nice thing is is you can decide: Am I going to go inside inside that 300 mark? Or am I going to go outside? And you'll, you may find reasons to do both. And what I'll tell you is if you can maintain outside the 300, even as you were saying before, it driving in and things like that, it gives you a great opportunity to run and to, to carry the, the water and the equipment you need to work that material. But the nice thing is you can choose which one you want to do. Sure. And I think anybody that's a prospector, in the long run, you're going to end up outside that 300 feet because that stream channel where you're pulling that material that you're working right now, you've told me that some of that material looks pretty chunky. So mm-hmm. that means the chances are really, really good that that gold didn't move very far. No. And somewhere between zero and 301 feet you'll probably be able to find that gold or if it's outside that 300 foot you're still going to do your prospecting because you find that final resting place of the gold now i want to find out where it came from right and and that's that's a great point kev you you find inside the 300 feet you found a good amount of gold and you begin to follow the trend back out and then of course you cross over that 300 foot that that line now you're continuing to find that trend and now you have some additional tools to be able to work or different tools. And what you've just done is you've gotten on the gold prospecting to mining. 
please make sure to subscribe to the On the Gold podcast at our Buzzsprout site. Also, make sure to stop by our Facebook site and like, comment, and share at facebook.com forward slash on the gold. You can get out and go prospect. You can get out and you can go mining. Do it the way there that you should be doing it everywhere. Prospect, prospect, mine the right material over just material. Everybody have a great day. Enjoy everything that we have out there in this wonderful world that gets us on the gold and takes us from prospecting to mining. Kevin, we'll talk to you very soon. Have a wonderful afternoon. You too, Kevin.